0: Let's start our story, which is going to be, a, might be multiple stories, we'll see how we do with time, but um, today is called, What is your pedigree? So like every good story should always start, a long, long time ago in a faraway land, there lived a man, was born a man, a great man, actually the greatest man who was ever born. And his name was Jesus Christ and the story starts off the story starts off a little I don't know how shall we say I don't want like lightning to strike me here anyone who's sitting close to me you might want to take a few steps back a little dull you know the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham The son of, 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 and so on. And every now and again, there is like a a brief interruption. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot, 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 begot. And you got to ask yourself, like, did Matthew the evangelist, did St. Matthew really have nothing more interesting to start the story off, like, Something start with a bang start with start with something, you know, what's with the names? What's with all the names? And um, if you read the genealogy of Jesus carefully, you'll find that it's uh, You'll find all these names that you don't know and if you go and you look them up and you look up their stories You're gonna find some pretty colorful people in Jesus's past and most people, most great people came from other great people. They had great ancestors like Solomon's father was David. John the Baptist's father was Zacharias and his mother was Elizabeth who were blameless in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Saint Cyril, the pillar of, of the faith, Saint Cyril of Alexandria, he was the nephew of Pope Theophilus. Um, there's many saints who were like their like, father or mother died when they were young and they went to the monastery with their other parent from when they were like way, you know, wee high and so on. But when you look at Jesus's genealogy, it's, it's full of murder, adultery, prostitutes. There's a few people there who weren't even Jewish, you know, Rahab. Uh, was you know, King David's um, great grandmother, and she was Canaanite, Rahab, like from Jericho. We might tell her story if we have time. But I wanna, I wanna kind of focus in on something that's a little bit more spectacular. So it starts off, the book of genealogy, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and so on. So, if you were to ask which tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel was Jesus from, he was from the tribe of Judah wow, so this Judah guy must be like, he must be like it, you know, of the 12, he must have been like the most righteous. He must have been the, you know, the the most holy, the most prayerful. I mean, he must have been, he must have been the guy, right, of the 12. You know, Joseph got the coat of many colors and became governor of Egypt and so on. We'll tell a bit of his story. Benjamin was the fave after Joseph was gone. Reuben was the eldest. Levi, from him came all the priests. So this Judah guy, he must be like, he must have been like the creme de la creme, right? If Jesus was going to come from him. So who is this Judah guy? Well, if you have a Bible, you can flip. If not, you know, we're just telling stories anyways. Genesis 37, you find, and 38, you find the story, a little bit of the story of who Judah is is. So, to know, understand, fully understand who Judah is, we're going to have to go back to a bit of the story of Joseph. So, Joseph was that favorite son of Jacob, right? He got the coat of many colors, and his dad would send him as his eyes and ears to go and check on his other 10 brothers, you know, and they were shepherds. So, The normal thing for shepherds to do is they would find where the greenest pastures were and they would take their sheep there and they could be gone for a couple of weeks at a time. But, you know, Joseph, uh, Jacob knew that his sons were, uh, you know, had a, uh, you know, uh, let's call it a colorful moral compass. And every now and again, he would send Joseph to kind of go and see what they're up to and report back. So he sends Joseph to go see them, um, and Joseph, you know, is sitting around the fire, and with them, and he tells, he tells them, "Hey, I had a dream." And they're like, well, "What dream did you have, Joseph, son of many colors, whose skin is soft, who hasn't done a day's work in his life, and is dad's favorite, etc." He's, and yeah, He tells them these dreams where of his greatness and how they'll kind of bow down to him. And obviously that must have got them irked. There's a, a minor detail, which is not so minor about this coat of many colors that you need to know. This coat of many colors wasn't just some like fancy attire. It wasn't just some like, you know, his dad gave him like some nice clothes. It wasn't like Armani or Gucci or whatever else. It was the best robe was given as a sign of the birthright. So the birthright was not necessarily attributed to the eldest son, like Jacob got the birthright instead of Esau, right? The best robe was given as a symbol of the birthright. So what's the big deal with the birthright? Well, the birthright son, daughters didn't get the birthright, I'm so sorry, at the time, but Sons, you know, the birthright son would get a double portion of the inheritance. So this was a big deal, you know. The inheritance between the 12 sons was going to get split 13 ways, and Joseph was going to get a double portion. Not Reuben, who was a grown man when Joseph was born, the little schmuck, you know. Not, you know, uh, not Levi and Simeon, you know, who defended their sister's honor, with the sword down to the blood. You know, not this, not that, you know, not Judah, the shrewd businessman that he was that was growing his father's empire. Joseph, the good for nothing son. So he goes to check on them and they say, let's do him in once and for all. Let's throw him. let's, Let's kill him. And Reuben says, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that don't don't shed blood God God'll never forgive you and he convinces them to throw him in the pit the idea being that when they're not looking he can sneak him out and smuggle him back to his dad and you know hopefully they'll like have forgotten and it'll all kind of blow over and no one will no one will get hurt Reuben goes off to do I don't know what and Judah gets an idea he says look if we kill him Remember, shrewd businessman that he is. If we kill him, we get nothing. But look, the Ishmaelite traders are coming. Why don't we sell him off? At least we make a buck, hey? And we're rid of him forever. That's Judah, willing to sell his brother for 30 pieces of silver. That 30 pieces of silver may or may not be an allusion to Joseph is very much an Old Testament Christ figure. you You know, Jesus being betrayed by Judas. So Judah is like Judas who betrayed Jesus. That's who Judah is. Anyways, you may or may not know how the rest of the story goes. He gets sold off to slavery. They take the coat of many colors. They kill a goat. They splatter the blood on it. They take it back to poor old dad and tell him, oh, we found this in the wilderness. Uh, you know, I don't know. Da da, da You know, is Joseph okay? And, and then poor old dad, oh, no, oh, no. You know, and he says, my hair, my gray hair will go down in sorrow to the grave. And dad just never recovers. He just never Never recovers. Doesn't really laugh another day of his life. Anyhow, next chapter in in 38. Judah goes off to go visit one of his friends. He goes off to visit one of his friends, and while he's in whatever Canaanite town, he falls in love with a Canaanite woman, and he marries her. He marries her, and um, she has a you know they have a son, uh, and he decides to settle there. You know, it's too crowded with my brothers and so on. I'm going to take what I've got. I'm going to take what I've built up and I'm going to go start my own empire. So that's Judah. Sells out on the family. But neither here nor there. Mary's a Canaanite woman. You know, they knew they weren't supposed to marry outside of their tribe. You know, outside of their family. But he doesn't listen. Remember, this is... Think of all this in the context of this is Jesus' pedigree. This is Jesus' genealogy. Right? So... He has a son, he has another son, his sons grow up, he marries them off, and he marries the the first one off to a woman named Tamar. And, hold on a second Abuna, I thought you said that Judah had Perez and Zerah from Tamar. Did you just say that in Matthew it says that Jesus' genealogy, Judah and Tamar hooked up and they had twins, Perez and Zerah. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, that's what St. Matthew says. But you're telling me that he married his oldest son, Er, Er off, E-R, I don't know how to pronounce it right, Er, off to Tamar. Yep. And she died, uh, he died, Er. And so there was, uh, there, was this, the, there was this thing where you would raise up an inheritance for your brother by taking on your your brother's widow as your wife, so onan his son his uh his second son, takes Tamar as wife not because he wanted to marry her, but because he had to because it was sort of the right thing to do, and so he takes her as wife, you know, and then you know uh like the it's this is scripture, okay, I'm not making this up, okay, this isn't like this is in the Bible, right. You know as he's you know doing the deed for his brother he pulls out early right why does he pull out early remember this is all about inheritance right because if his son if his brother has a son his brother's son will probably be the eldest and most likely he'll get the birthright and he'll get the double portion But if his brother's widow, who everybody's thinking is kind of cursed because they were married for a very short time and, you know, I don't know what happened, but, you know, know, husband died all of a sudden, doesn't have children, then he will get the double portion of the inheritance, right? These are Judah's sons, right? You wonder where they got their moral compass from. Anyways, right? So that was very displeasing to God. So God killed him, right? So says, so says scripture. So Judah says, I don't know what's going on with this lady Tamar, but I think she's cursed. So he says to her, look, he's a shrewd, shrewd man, right? So he says, I tell you what, I can't marry you off to my third son, Seth. He's like a little boy, right? So that would be kind of weird, right? So I tell you what, let him grow up. And when he grows up, I'll marry you to Seth, right? So now for now, you go back to your father's house and do your thing by telling her you go back to your father's house he was basically like you know like returning her to her father like th- this was like this isn't Costco you know like there's no returns you, you know so it's a one way it's a one way deal right i mean at that time having a, a a person in your household was like a mouth to feed a person to care for etc he was abdicating his responsibility but he was making it look like You know he's trying to make it look good and he was trying to shoo her off because she was you know she was bad for business she's like a curse she's this she's that so you just go back to your father's house and uh, when he's old enough and so on and off she goes to her father's house time passes and she gets wind of what she gets wind that Seth son of Judah has gotten married oh what's going on it was supposed to marry him to me says Tamar. Tamar by now has realized this Judah guy, he's not playing by the rules. He knows every loophole in the book and he is he's playing it, right? So she says if he can play it, I can play it too. So what does she do? She finds out around harvest time, harvest time was good time. Harvest time was happy times. Harvest time was there was there was there was wool, there was women, there was money. Harvest time was a good time. So around the harvest, the 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 harvest time, right? She goes to where they're they're collecting their harvest, the threshing floors, and uh, she finds out that Judah is going, and so she dresses herself up as a harlot on the road along the way, who stops by for uh, you know a quick little uh, you know thing to go, Judah, right? And uh, he tells her you know after they're done their business, he tell he tells the prostitute. Uh, along the way he doesn't know it's Tamar she's all you know dressed up all concealed Uh, he tells her uh, so uh, how do you you know what do you want for payment she says well the running uh, you know the the running cost for this kinda thing at the time was a goat I don't know I don't know what, what people are paying now but at the time it was a goat right so she says a goat he says well you know I'm all out of goats in my pockets here, you know, I will, you know, I'll be good on it, and I'll give you your goat next time I'm buying. She says, "No, no, no. I need some kind of assurance that you're going to give me the goat." So he, she said. He says, "What do you want?" He says, "She says, give me your signet ring and your staff." His staff was probably something that was hand carved. It was probably either a gift to him. It was something that probably belonged to him and him only. It was an identifying item. It was unique, it was one of a kind, it was handmade. It was his, undoubtedly. And his signet ring was, you know, what he would sign with and stamp in wax. So, obviously, only his, his and only his. Easy ways to identify him. He says, sure, I'll send you a goat with one of my servants, you give him my stuff, and we'll call it even. She says, sure. Off he goes to the threshing floors, You know, wool, wine and women, everything is great and never hears. He sends, you know, good on him actually, on Judah. He sends a servant with the goat and he says, there's a prostitute along the way, give her this goat. Servant goes looking for the prostitute along the way, doesn't find her. Looks, 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 doesn't find her. Judah goes, well, I guess, I guess we'll call it even Stephen. Forget it. No, no worries. So, the time passes, time passes, time passes, time passes. And what happens? Judah gets wind of, Tamar is with child. Tamar is with child? My daughter-in-law? That dirty fill-in-the-blanks-with-as-many-bleeps-as-you-like. You know? How dare she... Ruin my family name. This is terrible for business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right? So he says, goes to the gates of the city. That was like where they would do business and where like judgment would be passed. And he says, "Do you hear what I heard?" Da da da. And he gets a he gets a, a mob together, and he he gets the mob out to go and drag her out, and they're gonna they're gonna stone her. They're gonna burn her at the stake. You know, because how dare she? You know, like. You know, do this thing she's supposed to be waiting for Seth, etc., etc. So, they drag her out of the house, you know, by her hair kind of thing. And they're ready to, they're ready to, to, so she says, I just want to say one thing. Isn't anybody curious by whom I am pregnant? And she says, they say, who? So she pulls out the staff and the signet ring. And Judah says something in that moment. Judah says something in that moment, which changes everything. Judah says, she has been more righteous than I because I did not give her to Shayla. Sorry, son, his name was Shayla, not Seth. I did not give her her to Shayla, my son. So he took Tamar in, she gave birth, She didn't give birth to one son she gave birth to two perez and zara and perez became the great 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 grandfather i think if i'm not mistaken of david and was the one from whom jesus came time passes time passes because the story continues right and you see all of a sudden, this is the turning point in scripture. I mean, we don't know. We don't know exactly how did Judah have that change of heart? Was it this incident? Is this what is this what caused him to have a 180-degree turnaround? Is this what caused him to change completely? But he went from being this shrewd businessman willing to sell his brother for peanuts, willing to throw his daughter-in-law into the fire, willing, willing to do anything, having absolutely no morality whatsoever. From that to a completely different person. How do we know he was completely different? Fast forward the story a little bit. Joseph and his story in Egypt, and we're not gonna get into big details of it, but he becomes the governor of Egypt. There's a great famine. Joseph has stored up all the grain of Egypt. And the famine affects Canaan, the the land of Canaan. So it affects Jacob and fam, And so Jacob sends the family, sends the boys down to Egypt where there's grain. And they go and they see the governor. And the governor gives them a really hard time. And he says to them, you know, do you have another brother and they say yes, but poor old dad wouldn't send him with us. You know, we had a we had a brother before him, but he died. And that has never recovered. And so his youngest, he just wouldn't he wouldn't send him with us. He would not accept. And and so Joseph wants to know if his brothers have changed. He wants to know are they still this selfish, mean, cruel people? How do they treat Benjamin, his only brother from that mother? you know, from Rachel and so on. And so he wants to know, so he says, you know what? One of you, you gotta, bring, you gotta bring your other brother here. And they're like, that'll never allow it. No, you gotta bring the other brother here. Otherwise, I'm gonna throw you all in prison. Actually, that won't work. I can't throw you all in prison. Somebody has to go back and get the brother. So I tell you what, I'm keeping one of you. Simeon, you're staying in prison until we get, and they argue with, then they try and so on but Joseph will not have it. He's going to see that other brother where Simeon's head is going to be on a platter, right? And so Simeon stays in, Simeon, one of the brothers, stays in prison. And the other, I guess we're at, what are we at now? 10 brothers? The other nine brothers? Nine brothers, 10 brothers? I can't do math at this hour, Um, right? Go down to Jacob, They say, look, Simeon is still in prison, but the governor, you know, he said, da-da-da, we really got to take Benjamin and go back. And he's like, so you want to tell me, I lost Joseph in the wilderness. Simeon is in prison and you want to take Benjamin for me? Forget it. Jacob says, forget it. And this is the part, this is the part which testifies to who Judah is. Judah throws himself down on the ground in front of his father. And he tells him, he tells him, my life for the boys. About Benjamin. My life for the boys. If Benjamin doesn't come back to you good and healthy and safe exactly as he is, my head for his. And Jacob hums and haws and whatever and he finally accepts. So they go back down to Egypt with Benjamin. They go back down to Egypt with Benjamin, and they see Joseph. Joseph lets Simeon out of prison. He feeds them a good meal. He fills their sacks with grain. They pay him. He puts their money back in with the grain. I don't want your money. Puts it back in. And he says, you know what? I need to test them. Take my goblet, my drinking cup, right? Which again, would have been a very personal item, would have been something that was identifiable. It wasn't, it, you know, this wasn't from Walmart. You know, this was, this was a, again, a one hit wonder, a piece of art, you know, that he drinks wine from. He says, put it in Benjamin's sack. So they put it in Benjamin's sack. And he says, let them go. When they're a couple of miles off, go chasing after them and uh, tell them who, which of you stole the goblet and whoever it is, bring them back. So they do it at morning, at early morning, they set off on their journey back to Canaan and off they go, their sacks full of grain, couple of miles off, Joseph's guards chase them down. And they tell him, our master, the the, the guards tell him, our master fed you, hosted you, gave you grain, and this is how you reward him? And they're like, well, what do you mean? They're like, you stole his, 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 his wine glass, his wine cup, his goblet? They're like, we didn't steal anything. And one of the brothers says, look, Whoever's, we we didn't take anything. Whoever sack you find it in, you can have him off with his head, right? And they look through oldest to youngest, right? They need some suspense. They start with Reuben and they work their way down the chain, right? Simeon, Levi, Judah, and they're going open, sifting through their sacks, sifting through their, they get down to the last little brother, Benjamin. They open his sack and what do they find? (gasps) Joseph's goblet, right? And so, what do they do? Go dragging Benjamin back before Joseph. Who goes running, screaming to Joseph? Judah. Judah says to Joseph, anything, anything, whatever you want, money, my life, my children, whatever you want, you can have. Take me instead. Judah. Judah who sold out on his brother. Judah who sold out on his family. Judah who sold out on his daughter-in-law. Judah says, take me instead. He is indeed changed. He is indeed changed. He has indeed had a repentance. And from him, from Judah of all people comes Christ. So my question, when I first started off, was, "What is your pedigree? What is your genealogy?" I'm not asking you what your parents' names are, your grandparents' names are. I'm saying Jesus had some skeleton, skeletons in the closet. You maybe maybe you have some skeletons in the closet. Maybe you have some history. Maybe your history is too much for you to say, God can do great things through me too. No, Abuna. God does great things from people who come from great people. You know, like you said, John the Baptist was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth who were blameless before the Lord. Saint Cyril, the pillar of the faith, was the nephew of Pope Theophilus and was pretty much raised by him. I mean, the Pope raised him. Obviously, he became a great man, right? But me, I mean my parents are good people, but uh, I don't know, I made some mistakes along the way. I have some history. You know, this ain't my first rodeo, etc etc. What good can come from me? Well, if you can be like Judah, if you can have a deep repentance like Judah, then the grace of God can work in you as well and can bring from you in every place you go and in everything that you do the incarnate Christ because that's what we're called to you and me that's what we're called to we're called our calling is to be the incarnation the incarnation isn't something we celebrate on december 25th or january 7th and give each other presents and you know The Incarnation is that, yes, but it's much more. The Incarnation is that Christ is present here among us. Where two or three are gathered in my name, and there's a whole lot more than two or three of you right here, right now. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in their midst. Jesus promises to be here now. He is here now. And it doesn't matter where you've come from, and it doesn't matter what your backstory is, and it doesn't matter how many how many reckless stories are in your in 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 your history. Jesus wants to be incarnate in you and through you today. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.